Welcome to Solutions from the Huddle, powered by Collaborative Solutions Group. We're discussing meaningful business and life topics to add motivation to your life and value to your efforts. Our show is hosted by certified professional CSG coaches who are often hired for private coaching, corporate training, and speaking engagements. Now, enjoy the show. This is Solutions from the Huddle, and I am your host, Titus Bartolotta. Man, oh man, do we have a good one for you today on the program. Our show is powered by Collaborative Solutions Group. And if you've never tuned into the show before, uh, you're in for a real treat because we bring some industry experts, some proven entrepreneurial juggernauts onto the show. Um, you know that if you're already a subscriber, but if you're not today, we're going to get to hear from a really, really smart business person who's going to help you advance your goals and, and your position. But that's only if you're going to take some notes. So I encourage you today as you get to learn a little bit about our guest and his journey that you are ready to take some notes because I think he's going to teach us a few uh, a few special things along the way. Before we introduce our guest for today on Solutions from the Huddle, we like to start with a quick, a quick prayer. So we'll do that this time as well. Um, and we hope that you'll join us. So Lord, we give you uh, glory and honor for all things. We ask that you bless the show, our guest, our sponsors, every part of it. Let the words of our mouth and the meditation of our heart be acceptable in your sight. Amen. All right, friends, uh, check it out. My new best friend, and don't tell all the other past guests this because they're going to get all upset and I don't really need the mail, the hate mail. But my new best friend in the whole wide world is Mr. Brian Clayton. Check this out. He is a CEO and a co-founder of this really cool company. And maybe you've already heard of it, but but it was new for me and it's called GreenPal. It's this really cool online marketing place where he connects homeowners and local lawn care professionals together. I mean, how cool is that? Like, do you have a lawn? Yeah, of course. And do you want it taken care of without going through calling a hundred different places on Google? Me too. Uh, it's been called this GreenPal product. It's been called the Uber for lawn care. How cool is that? By Entrepreneur Magazine. Uh, it's got over 200,000 active users and they're doing lots and lots of transactions every single day. My new best friend though, Brian, before, uh, before he did this endeavor, he was the founder of Peachtree Incorporated, which was one of the largest landscaping companies uh, in the entire state of Tennessee. And he grew it to check this out over $10 million and annual revenue. This is why he knows the industry and more importantly, why he's our guest today. Brian, thank you so, so much for being on Solutions from the Huddle. Well, thank you for having me on. What a fantastic intro. I really appreciate that. Yeah, man, I'm excited. I, we love getting smart people on the program and we love to take notes and tips and tricks just to kind of help like put gasoline on our own fires, right? Most of our listeners are entrepreneurs, sales-minded people, folks that are trying to take good and make it great. And so if you could tell our audience a little bit about kind of the journey, what's the, imagine you're a superhero, because that's how I see you. And I want to know the origin story, like, like set us up and tell us where did it come from? How did you grow something so massive and then just copy and paste and, and make another massively successful thing? Where do you come from and how did it get started for Brian? Yeah, uh, I, I like the way you asked that question about a uh, superhero. And I think if you're starting a business, you can be the hero of your own story. Mm. And the business can be the storyline uh, to your life. It can really kind of be the thing that makes your life to be interesting and, and, and cause you to be overcoming challenges and obstacles the way that the hero does in a movie. That certainly has been the way it is for me over the last 20 years. I started my first business when I was 16 years old. I started mowing yards 
in high school as a way to make extra cash. I was actually forced into the, into the business by my father on a hot summer day. He said, get off your butt. I got a gig for you. You're going to go mow the neighbor's yard. Made me go mow the neighbor's grass. Luckily he did. Cause I got hooked on entrepreneurship. Uh, I made 20 bucks uh, for, for uh, in an hour. And back in the mid nineties, that was a lot of money. And, uh, and I stuck with that lawn mowing business all through high school, all through college and over a 15 year period of time, little by little, just built a, a, a big business, a big landscaping company with over 150 employees, getting it over eight figures a year in revenue. And then in 2013, I was able to navigate the acquisition of that business by one of the larger landscaping companies in the country. And then after that, I took some time off uh, and I got bored and I started coming back to this idea of, well, the business is the thing that's causing me to take on new challenges and take on new obstacles and live an interesting life almost. I need another business. So what am I going to do? And I, I thought, well, an app should exist for what I just spent 15 years of my life doing. And how hard could it be? And so <laughs> I recruited two co-founders and we started working on the app that is today the Uber for lawn mowing. It's called Green yeah. Pal. And if you need to get your grass cut, you just pop your address in and somebody comes out, mows your yard for you. Uh, and Green Pal is a 10-year overnight success. I've uh, been at this for almost a decade wow. and about 300,000 people using the app and doing multiple oh, wow. eight figures a year in revenue. So there's a lot to unpack there. I mean, uh, and I think I said over 200,000 um, versus the over 300,000. So my data was, was old data, I guess. Growing but, fast. <laughs> yeah, man. I love it. It's growing like grass. Um, there you go. And I got, I got to tell you, I've already checked out uh, your green pal, pal.com. And it's an easy to navigate website. It's simple. It makes sense. Um, but I want to talk if we could, before we get into what you're doing today, can I, can I just kind of backtrack a little bit? Um, because growing something to over $10 million a year and as a business coach, I, I work with a lot of entrepreneurs and, um, and, and people, I think people would be surprised with how few small businesses get to that number. I mean, that's a big number. That's not, I think, I think we get so caught up in listening to Pepsi and Coca-Cola and giant massive brands. And we just assume every successful business that's been around for a while is doing tens of millions of dollars. And that's not, that's not the case. Very successful businesses get kind of stuck in that three to $5 million and they've got a dozen employees and they've been around for 10 years and everyone's making good money and they provide a great, a great service. But to, to get, to 10 million plus and to get to a place where a large company says we'll, we'll buy that um, slow down a little bit and kind of tell us like, what were some of the pitfalls? What were some of the mistakes that you didn't bring with you into green pal because you learned uh, with, with the, the first endeavor? Cause that's a, that's a huge success. I, I appreciate that. It was a heck of a journey. It took 15 years. So it wasn't, didn't happen overnight. Um, the, uh, looking back to the last 22 years of entrepreneurship, one thing that makes sense to me is looking at it almost like a video game. Uh, 10 levels, Super Mario Brothers, and just work one level at a time. And you really can't worry about Bowser when you're on level one, two, or three. And so I think a lot of founders, a lot of new business owners get hung up because they're worried about maybe uh, level eight, nine, and 10 things when they're on level one, two, or three. So one thing that's made sense for me is is just work one level at a time. Don't worry about anything else until you get to the next level. And so that could be getting your first 10K in revenue, 100K in revenue. How do you break seven figures? And then how do you get it to 5 million and then 10 million and beyond? 
And a lot of it, uh, it, it just boils down to just intensity and focus on what, what level you're at and doing everything you can to get to the next level. And so for me, you know, building my first company in the late 90s, all through the 2000s, there, you know, we didn't have uh, a lot of the, we didn't have YouTube University. We didn't have all of the, the wealth of information that, that you have today. And uh, so I kind of had to figure it out through, through trial and error. And a lot of the mistakes I made were around hiring and culture. Uh, I, I, I made every mistake you can make around hiring and not protecting the culture. And uh, it took me a long time to fix that and get that and, and undo a lot of those mistakes. Um, and then something else that took me too long to figure out, probably six, seven years, that I wasn't in the landscaping business. We were a sales organization. And I had to really figure out what the flywheel was at the business and how we just did uh, the best job in terms of identifying people that needed our services, solving their problems, pitching a solution to them, closing and then keeping those people uh, and, and, you know, on board with our business. That was the business we were in. We weren't in the landscaping business. And it took me a long time to figure that out. And then, so I was able to bring all those learnings to GreenPal when we started it and not have to make those same mistakes. But I made about a, a hundred other mistakes that are, are, that are inherent to a tech business that I didn't know about. So the, the good thing about the journey of founding a business, whether it's a traditional blue collar business like what I had or a tech startup like what I do now, there's always going to be new learnings. There's going to be new challenges. It's going to cause you to grow, cause you to evolve, cause you to live an interesting, uh, exciting life almost. And that's one thing I like about it. How did you not get stuck in a pitfall, right? I, I oftentimes will tell folks, you really shouldn't put a whole lot of energy in a, into um, <clears throat> avoiding them. Not that you should seek them out, right? And if you can't avoid some, go for it. But, but if we would put maybe half the energy that we put into avoiding pitfalls into just not getting stuck in them, to realizing that yeah. it's going to happen, um, it's really not so much the pitfall that creates the disaster. It's, it's if you get stuck or if you stay there. Um, but I haven't met too many folks that stepped in a puddle and it destroyed their outfit. Um, yeah. but, but if you stay in the puddle, your shoes are, you know, they're going to break down and you're going to have to buy a new pair of shoes and get some new socks. How did you not get stuck in those pitfalls that you said that you hit? None of your stories so far sounds like you, you changed your mailing address and started having all your mail forwarded to this new crater that you lived in you didn't seem like you stayed there how the hell did you move out of the pitfall when you did find yourself in one i think uh so so not every small business owner has to build a 10 million dollar or 20 million dollar business you can build a one or two million dollar business or five hundred thousand dollar business um and that's fine but i think one thing that has made sense to me uh as it relates to business is if you're not growing you're dying and you really, it's almost, uh, one of my favorite quotes is George Patton. And he said, if you're not gaining ground, you're losing ground. And, and kind of the inherent nature of business, if you're not growing the business and you're not growing revenue and market share, then what's going to cause you to innovate? What's going to cause you to do a better job for your customers? What's going to cause you to build better systems and processes around employee recruitment and employee retention and things that are just really core to, to getting a, a good, smooth, small business humming? So I think kind of the natural growth of the business is what causes you to sharpen and level up. Mm. And so for me, it was like, it was, it was, it was keep moving forward, uh, keep pushing through the hard, the hard parts. And then also getting really uncomfortable if things were not growing and really almost uh, like, like 
like upset and pissed off if things weren't progressing and figuring out why they weren't well why why aren't we you know why did we only grow two percent or five percent last year well as it turns out we really can't keep good people and we're and we're and we don't have enough we don't have enough people okay well the biggest log jam we have in our business today is an employee recruitment and employee training program and we need to throw everything that we have into into recruiting and training people quickly and so just focus on that one thing. Don't really worry about anything else until you have the best system in your market for that one piece of the business. That has made sense to me in terms of just almost like block and tackling. Where is the biggest log? What's, what's, what is the, the, like the, the worst log jam in the business at that stage of the game? Focus everything you have on that and then move on to the next problem. And if you do that over and over again, over five, 10 years, you, know, you can wake up in a very different reality than you were when you started. Man, that's powerful stuff. We're, we're talking with Brian Clayton right here on Solutions from the Huddle. And, you know, when I look to see some of the things that, that you say are, are, you know, enjoyable to you, I, I read here hiking, martial arts, long distance running, all of those things have these competitive aspects to them. And I wonder, it sounds like you maybe brought some of that into, uh, into business. You know, I, if you read on it's easy to find out that, that charity and, 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 and volunteering is important to you as well. So the, so it seems like some of the things that make up your free time are like competitive based activities and serve others. And, and how important are those ingredients in the, in the, the, the dish that you created, so to speak, that you just happen to call the name of your business, but were those, were those really important elements to bring into your business, like a competitive nature and, and the service kind of like, uh, you know, care for others. Were, were those really important to take from your personal life and pour into your business? Yeah, you, you, you nailed it. So a couple things there. It's funny how like business life and the journey of, of growing your business is similar to other parts of your life, such as physical fitness, um, things like martial arts. The only, the only way to learn how to how to, how to fight and how to, how to defend yourself. And whether it's jujitsu or Taekwondo or, or we tie or whatever is to spar. Like that's mm. the only, like you can sit there and watch a million YouTube videos and you can like study the UT, the, the technique. But if you don't get in there and spar with, with a, with a coach or somebody else, you're never going to learn the, the basics on, on how to defend yourself. And, and business is the same way. The only way to, to learn what kind of product you need to build or what kind of business you need to build is to get something in the hands of your customer, almost spar with them, so to speak. I uh, see a lot of new business owners, they have an idea for a business and they spend a year planning and they spend a year just kind of theorizing and reading books and things like that. When in fact, if they just like cut all of that short to getting a service or a product in the hands of customers, get that feedback. It's that experiential wisdom that that's how you learn if you're on the right track or not. And you build something that somebody wants. So it's Ooh. kind of funny how, how a lot of these things are, 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 are just fundamental, I guess, to the universe and life and how things work. And then the other, the other piece around service, um, I, I try to be very regimented with the number of hours per month that I donate in terms of, of whether it's volunteering for a group that I like to volunteer for called Achilles, which is a group for disabled athletes. Or I also like to give away free time for mentoring and coaching to uh, small business owners. Uh, I, I like to do that because it keeps me in a, in a state of giving and it keeps me in a state of service. And that's really all a business is about. It's, 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 it's one of the most 
um, humbling and at, at times altruistic things you'll ever do, especially in the first years, first early years, because you're not going to make any money. And, yeah. and you're, you know, a lot of times your employees are going to make more money than you do as the founder. Mm. Um, and so it's, so it is like a, a humbling, almost benevolent thing uh, that you have to be in a mind state for, and you have to be conditioned towards. And so I like to do things in my personal life that set me up uh, to be the kind of person that I want to be in, a, in my business life. And, you know, 22 years of business, one thing that has made sense to me is I am my business and my business is me. And so my personal and business life almost blur together in a way that, that, that works for me. Yeah. You know, I, I've done a few talks, Brian, where people ask me to come talk about like work-life balance. And I tell them that old, I think it's an old, odd traditional where people try to say, keep home at home and, you know, the office at the office. And I just go, man, I don't know that that's a thing. I think that it's been crazy for years that people try to sell us and teach us and coach us on, on that. Because if in the middle of this podcast right now, if I got a text that my son was, 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 you know, in an ER somewhere, I'd cut the podcast short. Right. I mean, there's no way Gotta go, gotta go. And, and in the same breath, when my kid wants to do fun things, that's why I don't cut it short when I'm working hard because you know, I, I kind of think earning a living, providing for my family makes sense. And I, I think that when we, when we don't find a healthy balance, if we try to like segregate those two things, we find ourselves just lost. It's tough. It's tough. It's tough. And, and, and the other thing is, 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 uh, you know, your son's watching you and he's learning from you. He's learning from your actions. And, and, you know, would you, do you want to be a successful business owner that your son can learn from? Or do you want to be a failed one, you know? And, and so all these things blur together. That's been yeah, my opinion. That's been my, my experience. I agree. I want to transition our conversation now over to um, the product that you're, you're, you know, representing on a daily basis, Green Pal. Uh, we try to take just a quick pause here in the middle to, to let our audience know that we've got some great show partners. So we'll do that quickly here. Need an oil change quick? Visit Speedy. They'll change your oil and filter. Top off your fluids, air up your tires, and get you on your way. Get your vehicle serviced by people who care. With locations at 4752 South Boulevard in Charlotte and 1484 Azell Boulevard in Spartanburg. Speedy oil change and auto service for all your vehicle needs. And if you want to know more about these companies and a few of our other show partners, go to team-csg.com, team-csg.com, and all of our show partners are there. You can click on one of them and learn more about their company, and you'll see why in the world I'm so comfortable to stand next to them and why uh, they support what we do here at the show, which is get smart, great people like our new best friend, Brian Clayton, on the program. But the only brand that really matters right here on Solutions from the Huddle to me today is uh, not just Brian, but Green Pal. I think this is such a really cool idea. And I don't know why I didn't know about this. I feel like the one knucklehead in the world that didn't know about this because I asked a few other people and they were like, yeah, duh. Like they knew about it and I didn't know about it. And I was so lost. I said, hey, I'm going to have this guy on my show. And uh, he's got this cool product. I've never heard of it. And those people, you know, they, they, they told me I was the one in the dark. So Green Pal is the Uber of, uh, of lawn maintenance. And I got to tell you, I mean, with so many new homes, um, it, we are in quite a special place, I think, in our economy. We're still seeing more homes are being built and more real estate deals are happening than at almost any time in, in our country. Um, and so that means I, I correlate that, Brian, with 
if I'm a new homeowner, I don't already have a, a vendor relationship probably. And HOAs don't let you just uh, have your yard go crazy. It's such a necessity. It's such an important part of the American dream and, and home ownership and just our style and, ha- and how we go to life. So it's such a cool product, but where did your brain come up with the, um, the whole app process, right? How, how did you just come up with the, the mindset of, I mean, did you think about Uber or, or, you know, like what, what brought you to that? Cause I don't know that anyone else did it. Or at least I haven't seen it. I've done some research and I don't know that anyone beat you to market. Yeah. You know, we, uh, we were the first to try to make this chore as easy as pushing a button. And that's was our mission 10 years ago. And it's still our mission today. So we're still solving the same problem. How do we make getting this thing done as easy as just popping your address in and, and, and as easy as ordering your groceries on Instacart or food from DoorDash or getting an Uber or whatever. And so we've been solving the same problem for 10 years. And I think whenever you're, you're uh, trying to create a new product, you're trying to uh, innovate in a space, authenticity can be a competitive advantage. And mm. for me, I was kind of solving my own problem in a way. My first landscaping business, uh, as we grew it uh, to, to, you know, over 100 people and, and, and seven and eight figures, we no longer did the basic residential services, but people would still call my office every single day, begging us to come out and take care of their lawn for them. And we would have to tell them, no, I'm sorry, we don't offer that. But we had a value. Uh, we have a value to run that business by to always try to be helpful no matter what. So we would keep mm-hmm. a, a list of names and numbers by the phone, and we would refer these names and numbers out whenever people would call in wanting uh, basic mowing services. And so, in effect, we were kind of this referral network. And so I knew that the problem existed. I knew that people were having a tough time getting a decent, uh, reliable lawn mowing service to come take care of this chore for them. I knew that existed. And then I saw what Uber and Lyft and Airbnb were doing with these real world experiences and real world transactions and making an app uh, almost like, like make them happen like magic. And I thought somebody's going to build this. It might as well be me. And it was almost naivete as an asset. I didn't realize how challenging it was going to be. I, I never would have done it had I known how challenging ultimately it would become, but I uh, recruited two co-founders. We got in there and we got a handful of customers to try to the, the, the crappy thing that we had built and we got some good feedback and we turned 10 customers into a hundred, hundred into a thousand and just kept going and never looked back. You, you totally, in my opinion, picked a different business. I mean, somebody might look, and you mentioned this earlier, but somebody might look from the outside in and say, okay, he stayed in the same industry. That's really not the case at all. I mean, you know, and I think the way you worded it earlier, uh, a blue collar trade business, and then a, a dot-com web app technology based there. I mean, it's really, this has nothing to do with um, land, <laughs> landscape. I mean, it has right. nothing to do with it. Right. I mean, um, I mean, my brain, you know, and I'm, I'm trying to keep myself from going into business coach mode and just stay in the podcast host mode. I'm thinking about, I mean, this, this app really works for all the trades, right? I mean, there's really no limit to, to the service providers. And I would imagine you've got things that you guys are going to develop and, and leverage this into as it grows. But was there a fear factor in going into a completely different world? Or to your point, was there so much naivete that you maybe even thought they were the same industry in the beginning. Like, tell me, tell me, walk me through a little bit of that. 
Yeah, luckily I didn't know what I didn't know. And okay. uh, <laughs> to your point, I thought, well, I just sold a, a an eight figure lawn mowing company. What's how hard could it be to build an app to make it all run smooth? And I I really didn't understand the difference between running an existing type of business versus inventing a brand mm. new product or service from scratch. So so you can you can uh, you know it's kind of like the difference between uh, building uh, starting a home construction business that that builds houses versus trying to invent a new material that you would build houses from. It's like the two are very different journeys. And you kind of have you kind of have to know what you're signing up for, um, when you go towards one journey versus the other. And I, I I didn't know that nobody had prepared me for that. And so it was a very challenging thing because I, there was no roadmap for what we were, what we were building. We had to kind of figure it out as we went. And the only way we figured it out was just through customer feedback, people using it, telling us everywhere that the product stunk and what they wish it would do and what they wish it would do better and and what the main things we were coming up short on. And we just kept on going from like little failure to little failure without a loss of enthusiasm just kept pushing forward and kept wow. making the thing better and better and better and better. And that's one of the cool things about building a technology product is you can, you can do that. You can constantly hone and refine the experience very quickly. Uh, and so that's one of the advantages of starting a tech product. But most of the time when you're starting a tech startup, you're inventing something brand new that doesn't exist in the world. And that's yeah. very, very different than starting a traditional business where there's a known set of things to execute. Brian Clayton right here on Solutions from the Huddle, the CEO, co-founder of GreenPal. It's real easy to check out what they're doing by going to yourgreenpal.com. That's Y-O-U-R-G-R-E-E-N-P-A-L.com. It's pretty neat, guys. It's really easy to use. Um Brian, talk to us, you know, a little bit about like, as we kind of land this plane and close our show out today, there, there are some smart folks that are listening. They really like, they tune into all these episodes because we, we just get people like you and, they, and you've already given me a, a few pages of, of, a, of notes, but give us just a few of the, the takeaways on the technology side. Cause I think, I think that's probably more sexy for folks today, right? I mean, more folks are trying to find a technology app solution kind of business to get into maybe more so than a restaurant, a landscaping, the, the traditional, maybe blue collar that you suggested earlier. So I know that we've got a lot of smart people listening and I know that there's something that's in the way. I don't know what it is, but there's something that has stopped them from months or weeks ago from, from taking their first step, right? It could be funding. It could be um, fear. It could, it could be a number of things, but but what words or what tips or advice do you have for the person who's got an idea? And if they won't open their mouth up, none of us will get to know about it. Um, and they're right on their, their seat, but they just won't get the hell up and do something about it. What do you say to some of those people? Well, a lot of folks are seduced by the idea of starting a tech company because it's easier somehow. And I'm here to like dispel that it's not, it's 10 times harder, but I think the opportunities are bigger. Um, if you think software is going to be around 100 years from now, we're like in year 20. And so and so the, there's so much more white space of, in terms of software that needs to be built. If you have an idea and you want to start a tech company, um, try to look at between where you're at and getting something in the hands of customers and shorten that. 
even if it's just in a week. There's so many low code and no code options available today. Hack together some kind of prototype, get it in the hands of people to use it uh, and see if, there, if, if there's a problem that you're solving that people want to use technology for. Start there. And if you can figure that out, that might save you five or 10 years of your life building something that nobody wants. Uh, mm -hmm. So shorten the distance between where you're at and getting a prototype in people's hands and then move from that point and figure out what if it's worth working on or not. You mentioned, um, I always get excited when I hear people talk about self-help stuff. Uh, you know, um, you mentioned providing time to mentor and coach folks. Um, I drink my own Kool-Aid, man. I, I'm reading books. I go to seminars. I have coaching and, and uh, it, it's a privilege to get to work with people like you and, and provide different perspectives, but it sounds like you also do that. Um, you know, I, I'm not suggesting that you provide your information and let, and let your phone ring off the hook to, to give that kind of time. But if somebody wanted to kind of dig deep and figure out how to uh, get your attention, cause maybe they wanted to pick your brain. Uh, some of the folks that we have on the show, they are the business in terms of call, call that person. Right. And in your case, that's probably not what's transpiring, but what about for the few folks that don't want to stop the conversation here, right? Like you got a few more fans in the fan club, the Brian Clayton fan club. How do they, how do they engage with you? Maybe it's social media, maybe there's um, a hashtag, maybe there's a, an email address of sorts, but, but for folks that want to maybe pick your brain or, or just follow your success journey, how do they do that? Yeah, I'm an open book and I'm very, very, very approachable. I, uh, I spend most of my time in terms of social on Instagram. I try to share my thoughts there and philosophies and, and stuff about how Green Pal is doing and, and how we've built it. And so anybody wants to hit me up, just hit me up on Instagram, Brian M. Clayton. Just drop me a DM there. I love it. Well, Brian, we appreciate you being on the show. This has really, really been a treat. Um, so much good information. And I got to tell you, we, you know, we, we don't just represent any brand. We don't just tell folks, you know, we, we've developed kind of reputation our, here on the show. Um, but I'm going to tell you, man, this thing looks so cool. And I really do recommend that people stop what they're doing, pause for a minute uh, and take a look at this. Um, and, and, if, and if you're a landscaper out there, I would imagine there's a way for, for you to be a part of this network. So I would encourage people that are in this industry to get plugged into this lead generation opportunity from an, uh, from a business growth standpoint. And if you're a homeowner or a business that's looking to, to ease this chore, you're in good hands. It looks like with your greenpal.com go check out what they're doing at GreenPal. Brian, have a blessed rest of your day. Thanks so much for being on the show. Thank you. I appreciate it. I had a ball. Hey guys, Titus Bartolotta here with Collaborative Solutions Group. I just wanted to say thank you for listening to this episode of Solutions from the Huddle. If you want to hear more episodes and continue supporting our show, simply search for and subscribe to Solutions from the Huddle on any major podcast platform. Thank you again, and we hope you'll join us soon.